Everyone eats out every day, but people don't think about how food arrives on the plate. This is Grounded, and I'm Lauren Mitchell. Join me as we delve deep into the challenges, expertise, and experiences of professionals and innovators in the food service industry. Grounded is powered by the Buyer's Edge Produce Division. Our mission is to provide innovative solutions and excellent service to food service operators. Hi, it's Stephanie with your two minute update from Fresh from the Field. Right now we're experiencing a true gap in supply on green and red grapes. The reason for this gap is that Chile and Peru stopped shipping product to the United States, leaving us with only Mexican supply. Mexico has had a very late start due to the colder weather they experienced all winter. This has left us with a true supply shortage. Over the next few weeks, we expect to see improvements in this market. On a good note, we have a lot of great salad blends, Arcadian, Honey Jim, Tuscan Tender Leaves, and more. Quality is beautiful and supply is great. Check out our next episode of Fresh from the Field on Protus Alliance's Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram accounts. Today's guest is well-known and well-liked in the industry and an all-around fun and funny guy. Knowledgeable and approachable, it's the perfect combination in my opinion. He's passionate about using the best ingredients for high quality produce and responsible currently for procuring all fresh ingredients on the menu for payway and executing them at a reasonable price. He's been working in the produce industry since 2005, Vice President of Supply Chain at Payway, Matt Runkle. Welcome to the show. Tell us, Matt, what key principle exists at the core to drive decision-making for you and Payway that's been key to your success? Um, think like a customer. So I feel that every decision that we make, would we like it as the consumer or not? So the customer is the most important person in the industry. They're the ones who put shoes on all of our kids' feet. So <laughs> let's provide them with a product that they will enjoy that they will remember, um, and they will keep coming back. I like it. So let's talk about product for a second, because we've said payway, but of all the ingredients, I'm thinking snap peas, broccoli, carrot, mushroom, cabbage. I mean, all of these travel a variety of different pathways. Talk to us about, you know, how you keep up with it all from product to product and really what goes into understanding uh, the cost inputs for each of those products so that you can ensure you're getting the job done? So, I mean, produce is very important to us, as is every other product. All the proteins, the non-perishables, perishables, so on and so forth. And there's just too many items to be a true expert. So we really rely on the experts that are in each one of the categories. So we educate ourselves enough to have the conversation to be knowledgeable, to have a conversation, but we really lean on the experts, such as the growers, the farmers, the processors, um, slaughterhouses, to help us get to our goals and partner with them so that we do get the freshest, best quality product and the best price. Do you get to meet with some of your producers, so call it the farmer or head to the fields in the case of fresh produce, or talk to me a little bit about getting closer to the source? Well, yes, as much as possible, we try to get into the plants, the fields, meet the farmers themselves, talk to the local QA team, because they're the ones who know the products better than anyone. I don't know 
a company's portfolio as well as the person in the trenches making or growing the product. So we try to be engaged, uh, try to be um, easily act, be able to access them as much as possible. Um, like I said, we want to be able to have a conversation with each individual category so that way we know which is the best product for our end user. Absolutely. Any memorable visits to the field from your experience? Oh, there's, there's so many. Um, mushroom fields are very fun, in my opinion. Uh, I like carrot fields. Um, slaughterhouses are its own conversation. Uh, so each category, again, is, is, all, is each one's unique to itself. Um, so it's, it's, been, it's been a fun couple of years. All right, let's talk about disruption. What disruption would you say is creating the greatest opportunity in your role um, within supply chain or perhaps in the food service industry today? Some of some of the folks have related this to COVID um, and the pandemic, but can also be any sort of market disruption um, that's occurred in your experience. Well, I mean, the easy answer is labor. Obviously, labels, labor has been a challenge. We've had to figure out a way to partner with the manufacturers to provide us a product that may have one or two additional steps that we don't have to do in the stores or how to execute at the store level um, that is a little bit less um, challenging than it was before. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's partnering with the manufacturers to get the best product for the best price and trying to cut out unnecessary uh, risk or financial challenges. That's interesting you bring that up, and I want to I want to speak on that for a second. So, with fresh produce um, or the produce category in particular, and we're talking about labor, what that can look like is if you've got broccoli crowns, let's say as a spec, um, there's an option for the broccoli florets, um, and understanding some of these fresh cut opportunities. Take a jumbo carrot, a fresh cut. Um, option for that would be a carrot coin or a bias cut carrot or a matchstick carrot. So there's several different ways that you can solve the problem for labor just in the, the produce category alone. Um, any experience that you've had in, in going from a whole to a cut commodity and some of the process that was involved in just ensuring that that rollout would be seamless? Uh, well, I guess you read our folder because we did both of those <laughs> things, the broccoli and carrots. Um, so we used to have a jumbo carrot and it was very time consuming. Um, even though you have, you know, machinery or equipment in the back of the house, it's still a process and it's still a, a person that you have to pay to do that product. Um, so we eliminated the jumbo carrot, went to a proprietary coin carrot. We also mm -hmm. went away from crowns, went to a mini florette and we offset it by where do we want that labor to go? Do we, do we really want to pay someone to cut a carrot? cut broccoli, but we want them to focus on making our chicken and rice dishes to the best of their ability that the customer will truly taste it and be able to recognize as a quality product. Customer doesn't know if they're cutting down a crown or if it's a mini florette or if it started as a jumbo or came in as a, as a coin, as long as it is good quality, cooked correctly, and the end menu item is executed the same every time, that's what they care about. Um, so we did that with produce. We've done a couple other things like that um, just to make the lives of the operation or of the operator uh, more simple. Yeah, I would say consistency is king. That's what brings me back time and time again. And my favorite go-tos is just knowing that every time I go, I'm going to get what I expect. 
Mm -hmm. um, what some people may not know is just everything from the very thickness of which something is cut can determine the cooking time. So if you just vary by that um, in any any measurement, it throws off you know the the recipe and the cooking time altogether. So um, it's it's fascinating what goes into just that one that one switch from from whole to cut. So at the, at the end of the day, the prep cook in the restaurants jobs are very, very challenging because to your point, if it's a, just slightly thicker or thinner and it cooks more or less, completely ruins the dish for the end user. Um, so it has to be very consistent. We have a lot of QA programs in place to make sure that it's consistent um, because they could completely ruin their day. If they get a bag of further processed carrots that are too thick, then now they have to go cut the carrots in-house. It's just not a process they're used to or that we want them to be used to. Um, so yes, further processed products are a lifesaver, but only if they're done correctly. So what have you done in your environment where any motivated team member um, or leader on your team can not only survive, but thrive? Speaks more from like a management perspective. Um, we hire from within and we promote from within. We have several people here in the office in manager roles or hire that started in our restaurants. Um, our two chefs, our culinary teams, they were in the two of the first employees hired by Payway 20 plus years ago. Um, and they're both director level uh, employees and they've been the head of our culinary for decades. Um, we have several managers that started as cashiers here locally um in the rso so we we prefer to hire from within and we prefer to hire people that have a passion for the brand um we're not just a restaurant company we're a company that operates restaurants and wants to continue to follow that path outstanding hiring from within i love it what's the biggest challenge you're facing in your position right now and how are you tackling it um, you know, every day is a challenge. Last year was very challenging um, for all categories. I mean, everyone knows that there was a lot of increase on markets and uh, pricing and so forth. Um, today, things have done a little bit better, but still challenges The you know, I don't think we're ever going to be back to where we were pre-COVID, but things are starting to settle. Uh, so constantly going into every single category to making sure we get the best quality product for the best price, uh, making sure the markets aren't elevated. Um, making sure that our people stay on board and so forth. So like I said, it's not as bad as it was last year, but it's still, we got to keep our foot on the throttle to make sure that we're doing, making the best decisions for payroll. And how about one thing that you wish your produce distributor, those delivering the product in the final mile, knew that would help you serve your customers better? I wish that the produce distributors sometimes understood that quality product just cannot be served. Uh, I'm sorry, poor quality product just cannot be served. Uh, I know not everything can be, you know, an A grade, but we really wish it was. And sometimes those drivers, if, you know, Stop A doesn't want it, they try to sell it to Stop B. Sometimes things just have to be thrown away. Yeah, that's a great one. Quality. Um, okay. Talk to us a little bit about a restaurant in growth mode. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that this can occur. You know, Payway is, uh, part of Lian Chin and other restaurants as well. So we've got kind of this acquisitions element. What is the growth specifically for Payway on the horizon for this year? What other ways do you plan to grow with the brand and let's say the next you know few years? 
So we've got about 10 to 15 locations on the books to open this year. Um, and we're going to continue to grow the brands in markets that make the most sense. Um, we're in 20 plus states currently between the four brands. And we're constantly looking at real estate and opportunities um, that make sense for our footprint. And it's all currently corporately owned locations, correct? Not franchisee. Correct. How do you guys make the decision on which state to go next? Do you rely on feedback from the market, you know, in terms of people writing in and requesting that or just feedback from the field? Or do you do it based on sourcing points? Um, all of above. I mean, it's based on feedback from where lo current locations are located. Um, it's based on, you know, real estate brokers that have opportunities. Um, a little bit of everything. There's no one particular source that we follow. One of the good things about being privately owned is we can make the final decision rather quickly um, and we don't have a board to report to. So if a good opportunity comes across that's in a market that we're currently in or is not, um, then we can proceed. This might be a weird question, but do you, does, do you, does the climate or weather do you see any patterns in terms of colder climates improving traffic to the to the brand, or is it varied or haven't looked into that before? Versus no. warm. No. Um, I mean, it really depends on where you're at. I mean, if we have cold climate in Texas, not a lot of people are going on the roads. Um, but we have 50-some locations in Minnesota um, that are very successful for us. So it really depends on the region and the seasonality of it. Um, we don't have a lot of locations in the Northeast. Um, but the majority of our locations being in Florida, Texas, Arizona, California, um, we pretty we're pretty lucky with good weather. All right. So other than the food being fantastic, why do people choose Payway? Hopefully because the food's fantastic at a decent price. Um, you know, compared to our competitors, we didn't take drastic increases like they did over the two years of COVID. We try to keep our costing the relatively competitive or below our competition um, and still provide a good quality product. Um, so I feel like we can still get a good meal that you're going to remember and appreciate and it's not going to break your wallet. Awesome. Yeah. That's again, going back to the customer and thinking about them as, as the driver to all your decisions. That's, that's reflective in that answer. It's fantastic. All right. So I don't know if if you've caught up on this, but I read recently that Payway has partnered with a celebrity chef. Yes, that that's that's yeah. And um there's excitement around a nacho coming out and new design for the store build out or the space. I know you guys are currently in. I've seen airports, one that's fully digital and a Kroger supermarket. I guess just tell us what success looks like for Payway this year and any of these exciting things on the horizon um, outside of just the expansion of, of units. Um, so we have partnered with Jet Tila, who is on the Food Network. Uh, Jet is a great ambassador of our brand. Um, he believes in our product. He works with us very closely. I was on a call with him this morning. Um, he speaks at a lot of different conventions, and it was just an obvious synergy um, to work with. Uh, we are yeah. growing rapidly. I mean, not just the corporate locations I mentioned, but we have partnered with quite a few licensees and airports and college campuses and ghost kitchens and so forth, the Kitchen Uniteds um, of the world to be in the Kroger's. And again, our product travels well. Uh, the one thing I think that 
um, COVID really showed us was that people are tired of pizza and hamburgers being delivered to their front door. And with our product being chicken and rice, uh, the temperature holds, it does not get soggy like some other dishes. Um, so the delivery aspect of the business has really picked up. Uh, so because of that, we've been able to partner with quite a few licensees, like I mentioned, the Kitchen United and the Reefs of the World, um, to get into the consumer's uh, house or home. Ah, absolutely. Now, I'm curious about the celebrity chef part. You mentioned you're on a call with him this morning. So what does it look like to have one come on staff even temporarily? Is he or she providing support with um, the ingredient mix or innovative, you know, new menu items, um, training for the staff and, and the prep? You know, what is that involvement um, like? I'll say Jed, Jed is all in. So he was on the Today Show in New York last week on our behalf. He's doing some local engagements over the next couple of weeks. Um, he has helped design several menu items. There are several dishes on the menu that are specifically towards him that he brought to us. Um, you know, he goes to locations for a pep rally type of inspiration where needed. He does some local engagement. We have grand openings. Um, you know, Jed is a is a very hands-on guy, uh, very charming. Um, he's been great to work with. Uh, I love it. All right. So let's go to um, a couple of grab bag questions, if you will. Um, oh. How do you identify risks or repeated issues? Um, well, we hope, we hope it doesn't happen. Uh, we don't want to repeat anything. I mean, it, it's one thing to have a mistake or an issue, um, but it's another to have the same one twice. So, you know, everyone's human, things happen, but hopefully if it happens once, you'll learn from it and grow from it and build from it and put in uh, catch-alls that will allow it to happen again, depending on what the situation is. I mean, risk is always a challenge, but sometimes you got to evaluate risk versus reward, uh, especially when you're looking to change a program or a process. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you aren't willing to take risks, then you know, you're kind of be left behind because trying to keep up with the Joneses rather than being a uh, industry leader. Yes. Risk versus reward. I mean, absolutely. Just constantly evaluating the balance of, and um, you spoke a little bit about how you're leaning into trends to drive change in the menu and even just onboarding individuals to support that team process. So uh, I love it. How about one thing about your job that almost no one agrees with? Uh, marketing never agrees with me because everything they want to do is too expensive. Uh, <laughs> it's a great answer. <laughs> marketing and sourcing, yes. Yeah, oil and water. Um, no, I mean, for the most part, again, because we are a smaller company, we're essentially a mom-pop company, um, a lot, there's a lot of insight. Everyone's opinion is equal. Um, so we, and that's from the very top to the very, you know, entry level position. Um, you know, we have some menu items that have been adjusted because of a local walk cook has suggested something. Um, so there, I don't want to say there's one thing that people disagree with me on, um, but it's everyone's job to be devil's advocate of the pros and the cons because everyone sees things differently. I don't see things the same way as operations and operations at the end of the day, they're the heart of the company. If they don't think they can execute correctly consistently every single time, 
And that, that's a big issue. So we're not going to implement something that we don't have buy-in from operations, marketing, finance, supply chain, so on and so forth. Uh, we, everyone has to be all in or just doesn't make sense. Yeah, there's so many variables, just like when you're managing the, the supply chain process. So goes to it with decision-making in supply chain. There's a lot of different variables have to get in line. Okay. How about just your role as vice president of supply chain? What's what keeps you up at night? I mean, every everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm allowed to sleep. Um, it's not as bad as it was last year. Was tough two years ago with supply, obviously. Um, but I think we partnered with the right people to secure supply, um, so it hasn't been as bad. Um, some of the things that are still challenging is some of the markets, some of the ocean freight is. You know, going back up to where it was over a year ago, some of the internal for or domestic freight and so forth. Um, you know, every it's always something or another, right? So it really change, depends on the day or the or the week of what my challenge was. Yeah, and that speaks to again your 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 team of experts that you have. I mean, if you're allocating your categories to the right people that are keeping you um up to date and up to speed as things arise, you know, you're kind of the aggregate for all those insights and able to make the decisions accordingly. Um, yeah, but at the end of the day, we really rely on our vendors to be the experts. You know, I will never claim to be an expert. My team will never claim to be expert in any one thing. But like I said, we know just enough to have the conversation. We rely on produce experts, chicken experts, so forth to help guide us to make the right decision or payway. So we spend a lot of time on the now. We also spend more time on three months from now, six months from now, a year from now. How can we change our processes or our mindset to make sure we don't have issues in a year? Um, so a lot of our stress is based on what's six months from now? Where are we going to be in six months? What are the markets going to look like in October? What's happening then? You know, tomorrow, we know our service is going to operate tomorrow. Um, but what could happen that will affect us in Q3 or Q4 of this year? Solid. So if there was a single piece of advice to someone walking into a supply chain role, at least in terms of leadership or management, um, and they've got coverage responsibilities for proteins, fresh produce, dairy, all the items, what would be one piece of advice that you can offer them? Honestly, listen and learn. Um, just because you're buying, say, hamburgers today and you know everything about the ground beef market doesn't mean you're not going to be buying fillets tomorrow. If you don't know anything mm -hmm. about fillets, then, you know, you should. Again, you're not be an expert, but know enough to have the conversation. So always listen, always learn. Every day you're going to learn something. And people are just going to amaze you with what they're willing to tell you, what they're going to share with you, and how they want to see you be successful in your role. Um, and... Every day I learned something new um, that I didn't know a year ago or, you know, maybe I knew 15 years ago and I forgot. Um, but I, that's what I love about this industry is the people. And I'm able to work with so many unique and interesting people and vendors and businesses all around the world, essentially, um, that, you know, enjoy it. The other day we eat and drink for a living. So have some fun and enjoy the relationship. That's fantastic. How about those that have a six-week old at home? Um, I understand you've got a new baby daughter, Cameron, mm -hmm. and I got to believe there's a, at least another new mom, new dad out there that's six, eight weeks in. What would be your piece of advice as, as you know it today to be true? 
I would say try to get some sleep when you can. Appreciate your wife every time, every second you can, because she's going through a lot more um, challenges than you are. Yeah, enjoy the ride. Absolutely. It moves fast. Yeah. All right. So take us back in time to little Matt here before we wrap up. Uh, you went to college at the U University of North Carolina, but I want to go back before that. What sport were you playing in high school? Ice hockey. Ice hockey. Nice. Did you know then when you were playing ice hockey that you'd be in food service or what got you into it? Um, yes, probably um, because family friends owned a turkey farm growing up. So no kidding. I started helping on the turkey farm at a young age. Uh, so I helped slaughter birds all through high school, um, was essentially in the trenches doing that. Um, and, you know, feeding them from six hours old or 12 hours old all the way to harvest. Um, so when I went through high school, I kind of knew I wanted to be in food service and all through college and my first job, I still went back uh, for the annual harvest of the, the turkeys. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of knew I was going to be in food service my entire life. Did you get home economic credit for having that experience through high school? No, but it, it helped me land my first job when I could explain um, how to actually slaughter a, a turkey rather than, you know, just kind of learn and speak to someone about it. When, you, when you're able to describe the actual workings of it, um, helps you land a job in the chicken industry. Very cool. And henceforth, your your future at Wild Wing Cafe. Okay, how about something then, uh, back in high school, that you learned and is still strangely relevant to what you're doing today? Uh, algebra. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Why? Um, vendors don't like to tell you what X is a lot when they just give you a delivered price or an FOB price. So between all the different aspects to product formulation and FOB price and freight and delivered, you gotta kind of work backwards. Um, so Excel and algebra has really um, helped me try to figure out where every penny goes. Cost inputs, transparency, both key to supply chain and procurement roles. Okay, to wrap up, how about a daily habit that keeps you grounded right now? I would say at the end of the day, when I get home, it does not matter how long of a day I had, what I did, what who we purchased from, so forth. My six, four, a newborn do, don't care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it could just have done a million dollar deal, or could have you know you know done done no. I had no idea what my day matters. At the end of the day, that his diapers have to be changed, and uh, you know you help me get home and just make it happen. Yeah. They're a great reminder of what's important. Yeah. How about a tool in your workday that saves you the most time? Um, there's a lot of good marketing data out there. I would say uh, daily UB, uh, market emails, USDA marketing emails, um, a lot of the new data companies that are out there. Uh, partnering with some of the new technology has really helped uh, rather than having to search in a dozen plus places to get information. Yes. And just doing the reading, finding, blocking off the time to make sure you read it, not just receive it. Okay. How about any mentors? Do you have any mentors in the industry? I call them a people compass. Um, my, my first boss, I will say, was probably my biggest mentor. Um, when I was hired at Bojangles over 15 years ago, he's, he helped me quite a bit and he's still there for me to reach out to um, 
when needed. Very cool. All right, Matt, you've been awesome. How about if there's something that someone heard today and they want to learn more about, can they reach out to you and, and where can people find you? It's on my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll put your cell phone in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about LinkedIn? Are you on LinkedIn? Uh, I am. You can try me there. It's, I'm not on often. But... Thank you so much, Matt, for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you to our listeners. If you learned something today or laughed, tell someone about this podcast. Again, you've been listening to Grounded and we've been speaking with Matt Runkle of Payway. Thank you again, Matt. Thanks. And that wraps up another episode. We have covered a lot of ground today. Thank you for joining. For show notes and our most updated market report, visit us at groundedthepod.com. Grounded is powered by the Buyer's Edge Produce Division. Our mission is to provide innovative solutions and excellent service to food service operators by leveraging technology, talent, and an insatiable appetite to improve.